Welcome to Composer's Favorites, a podcast by Film Scoring Tips. I am Giovanni Rotondo, and today we are going to learn more about composer Kali Wang's favorite things. Enjoy the show! My guest today worked at Blizzard Entertainment. She has been awarded the BMI Foundation Pete Carpenter Fellowship in 2018. She's the recipient of the Real Child Change, uh, the Fund for Diversity in Film Scoring grant program. Kali Wang, thank you so much for coming to the show. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Giovanni. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. So, um, I would like to start, I, I usually uh, uh, start by asking my guests about their favorite book. Uh, so your favorite book is 1984. I, I'm, I would assume it will be up on many people's list. <laughs> exactly. I was torn between um, uh, 100 Years of Solitude and 1984, but decided to go with hardcore. <laughs> you, you like like it's more relevant these days. <laughs> Like very light readings, I see. <laughs> <laughs> what is yours? Oh, oh, shoot. I wasn't ready for the question. Uh, <laughs> I really liked Shogun by, um, what is his name? It's, it's an English writer. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, of the writer right now, but it, it, was a, it was a very interesting read. Uh, it's, a, it's a story of a... Of a uh, ship pilot back in in the Edo era of Japan it's it's super long but it really you know it really paints a, a, a painting of the era it's it's beautiful oh wow so but written by an English writer yes uh, you know what let me cheat since I have a computer screen in front of James Clavel that's it ah yeah. good to know looks really good but this is, you know, this is the answer without <laughs> being ready to prepare it before. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Actually, it's more, it's, it's truer. I might have different favorites, but yeah, this is what came, comes to mind right now. But it's really good. It's really a great book. So check it out. Enough okay. about me. Tell me about 1984. Uh, why is it your favorite? Well, I mean, obviously... I'm reading it like uh, more, so I'm reading more than one time now. So I already know the ending, but when I first read it, it was when I, when I was still in high school and I knew nothing about the book. I was just like, oh, this is a classic. Well, you know, like any other snobbish high school students, I'm like, I'm gonna dive in all the classics. And I was so shocked by the ending, like the way it's written, it's almost like I lived through the same era with Winston and all the characters in it. And I, like, I was so shocked. I felt like I was betrayed like, myself by the novel and I've never, 
you know, feel that way reading through a novel, like going through such a journey. And um, it just has has been affecting my way of seeing, you know, seeing things, seeing politics, or just seeing like social events in general. And so I feel like um, that's why I definitely wanted to put it on my list. And also, uh, while I'm, well, I, I, I was born in the U.S., but I grew up in Taiwan and it's a very small island slash country that's like surrounded by, you know, like other giant Asian countries living in a very mm, complicated political environment. So I definitely, it, it, it renovates me a lot to be, you know, always surrounded by threats and dictatorship and, you know, whether, um, whether like freedom or of speech, you know, sometimes conflicting with like um, economics and like the power of a country, you know, it, it's all, I'm not explaining very well, but I'm- You are doing it. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, it's, it's really, it's incredible how the world behaved after this book was written. It, it seems like it, we really wanted to make him, you know, right. He was right. Yeah, look. Yeah. It's just so shocking how the book still remains so relevant, like this very minute. Like, yeah. Can you believe it was written? When, when was it written? I assume it's written before. It was, it, it, the was the far future when it was written. It was written yeah. at the end of, 18, of, of uh, the, the 1800s. Yeah, so, so it's just so shocking that people still use the same method to do, you know, like mind control and like thought police, and they still use the same methods to control people, and it still works perfectly. In fact, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, terrifying, That's fascinating. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. um, let's go to the to the to your favorite film, and I think it's. Rather funny because you you expressed two preferences and I'm not I'm not gonna say which one it is but one of them is one of my favorite films and one of them is one of my least favorite films. Oh my gosh! Okay, what say. did I? Why wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yes. And, and and La Grande and, Bellezza. Hmm? La Grande Bellezza, the big the the how is the why I'm gonna. So I am gonna obviously assume that a later is her favorite. Don't assume. I, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Who are your favorite films? Why are they my favorite films? Um, when I first watched, um, I, I just went through IMDb, my IMDb, because I rate um, the films on IMDb after I watched it, and those are the only two that I rated 10 back then. So I just assumed they're my favorites. Otherwise, I have like a ton of list that will probably break your Google form. But when I first watched um, La Grand Beleza, I, I fell asleep in the theater because I, I, had, I had no idea what I was walking into. I had no idea what it was about. It was so deep. I just didn't understand it. But I remember like I was half asleep and then I, I woke up to the scene, uh, no no spoilers contained, but where, where the giraffes and uh, with the giraffes in the circus. And I don't know why I just, I was so moved by it. And I, I just, I, I, I cried. And even though <laughs> I was definitely 
asleep before the movie. And then later I watched it five more times, I think. Wow. I, each of the time, I feel like there are parts of it that I understand more and more. And there, there are other parts of it that I understand less and less. Um, I've always been very drawn to the topic of like the meaning of death and like what it means to us you know when when we're living how to make that as part because we're all saying like you know death is only part of the living if you think death makes lives meaningless then you know like think about lives being eternal that's uh, um debatably even more meaningless with like you know like no span of time and so it's always been a very fascinating um, topic to me. If you ask me about the synopsis of the film, I cannot answer it. <laughs> I still think I don't fully understand, but just by, you know, how going through a journey through the um, the main character's lives about like how people around him lives, you know, their lives and die. And, and sometimes all like the almost sur surrealistic, um, like cinematography and everything. It's just, um, yeah, moves me so much. Sometimes it's not about the story, right? It's it's about how it makes you feel. This this is art, after all. Yes, yes, hundred percent agree. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what about Eternal Sunshine? <laughs> Your favorite one? <laughs> you didn't say that. Michelle <laughs> <laughs> <Hill> Gondry. <laughs> I watched both of them when I was eighteen, and I think I watched both of them like five times later, and still thinking that I haven't dig through <laughs> the entire meaning of both of them. For Eternal Sunshine, I mean, obviously I've been, you know, like like a fan of talking about lives and death, definitely a big fan of Charlie Kaufman, the screenwriter. Um, why this one is my favorite? Maybe this one was the easiest for me <laughs> back then comparing to his other films. And uh, this one, I mean, I haven't seen, but it's about how we preserve like memories, what what he means, <clears throat> what he means to have and loses those memories of very important people in our lives. Um, again, I think it's it's all about going through a journey. In this case, with, with Jim Carrey and, and the characters around him, and to explore through and to reflect on, oh, what what if that was me? What if I was losing the most important memories of the people that I loved the most or the people that affected me or changed me the most, in fact? Um, so, yeah, I just Sense, really like them and watch many, many times. I highly advise <laughs> the viewers to watch them. And, uh, you know, th those are definitely films that make you think. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's one other movie-related uh, favorite of yours. It's your favorite oh. Potter character. I love it. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Potter character is Voldemort. Yay! <laughs> I own his wand. I, oh, really? I probably can find it some. Yeah, yeah. I bought it <laughs> as soon as it comes out. I bought his wand. Um, yeah, he's Are very you? charming. <laughs> I'm yeah. all, I will always be more drawn to like evil characters. I just feel like they they they're more complicated. <laughs> they're they have more depth and characteristics in general. And I mean, I I love the actor so much. I watched 
all his films. Yeah, he's uh, Ray Fine. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's always yeah. My people, my friends around me, like laughed at me for, for the fact, but I'm really really <laughs> fascinated by the character. He's just very charming to me. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I I can see why. Who's I'm, your favorite? Um, I'm gonna say, what is it, Professor Snipe? Is it Snipe? Snape. Snape. Yes. Yeah, I like the the duality. The you know, spoiler alert, everyone. The <laughs> that everyone died. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite composer is Johan Johansson. Very sad. <laughs> yes. Um, Sadly, yes. <laughs> I, thanks to you, I did. I did put on, uh, you know, one of those Apple Music best of playlists that that uh, every artist has to to just brush up my Johansson, and he really, he really was so talented. That's such. Yeah. A He's not around anymore. Tell me, tell me more. Is it like? Is it his composing style? Is it similar to your composing style? Why is he your favorite? I feel like way it'd be way too flattering for me to say that his composing style is similar to mine. It, I uh, it would be similar to most ideal compositions. It would be similar to something that I'm in pursuit of. Definitely. So a bit of my background, I I didn't go through formal music education. I actually started as a sound designer um, for theater production because that's what I studied in undergrad. And and that's also where where I started to, you know, play around with logic and all like the plugins and like the, the sounds in theaters. It's very hard to do basically anything orchestral because actors speak, you know, um live on stage and you def it's very easy to steal their show once music gets a little too um dominant so it's always more of like you know you you stretch the sound of the wind and then you pitch them and then uh or like you play around with their conversation to make interesting interesting choices with this so that that's where it started and still affects how i of course i mean i evolved and learned of a lot of orchestration ever since I come to work for Blizzard in Hollywood, but that has always still been um, one of the biggest things that I'm interested in, you know, to play with sounds and see what characters they are in, in the score in relation to the film. And definitely, I think Johan Johansson uh, in the modern days is still remains like one of the masters of such um, art and craft. I think I would say the other one would be probably, you know, Luigi Sakamoto, but mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, that's why. <clears throat> so your favorite director is Pedro Bolivar. Yes, one of them. <laughs> now that you said it, I'm like, is he? Because <laughs> there's just so many. <laughs> one, of, one of them, yes, definitely. There's a loop going on. I'm going to try and, and mute. Okay, there you go. Can you hear me? Oh. I can hear you now. Okay. I, I don't know why I lost. 
there was a I don't know a feed, some sort of loop or feedback in the in the voice. So Pedro Almodovar, um, what like what is that you like in his uh, aesthetic or his way to tell stories or the kind of stories that he say that he tells? He is so brutally honest with the way he explores um, desires and sexuality with the characters. Don't you think? Like just the stories in general. It's all the like the topic. Hmm? He's the master of that, I would say. Yeah, it, the topics. Because I mean, again, I, I started watching watching his films when when I was way younger, and back then it almost felt like all the topics. You know, it's rape or it's like a homosexuality and there's like, you know, bondage, there's like all kinds of the, the, the so-called darkest sides of, of the human desires and with especially um, sex. Um, to him, it's just so natural. The way he portrays them, it's so, it's so natural. It's just the story that someone goes through. It's so not judgmental and it's, it just inspired me so much because it was offen it was offensive first time I watched all these films. I'm like, oh wow, like what they're brothers and sisters. But you know, the more and the more you watch them, the more I feel like they're they're all they're all just human beings living through their experiences, you know, trying to explore and be the most honest of, of what they want in their life. And that just that that inspires me so much. And um yeah. Lovely. Kali, before we part ways, I wanted to ask you about the new feature. Plugins? <laughs> Dolls that I use? <laughs> Logic versions? <laughs> Mac, Mac versus PC. <laughs> oh, huge debate, especially after yesterday. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for contest because I, uh, the, you know, the, this episode was recorded right after the new MacBook Pros have been. <laughs> so we're we're uh, really going there. <laughs> no, no, let's not. That's <laughs> all I've been thinking about today. Let me. So, you. Um, just um, worked on a, on a feature scored by Asuka Matsumiya, uh, directed by Halle Berry. And, uh, yes. It's a film coming on Netflix. The, the story is amazing. I mean, obviously, it's Halle Berry. It's her directorial um, debut. Um, interestingly enough, this, this film was originally written by a white 20-year-old Irish girl. And she adapted into a black, um, black woman version in her 30s. But I mean, you know, in real life, Holly Berry is actually in her 50s. It's amazing, like how she just doesn't age and how amazing he, she pulled through the performance. Um, and score-wise, oh my gosh, like we play around with so much. Um, we because this is like about a film of this female boxer after a huge failure of hers um, to how she comes back, how she explores um, her emotions and anxiety. And what we're trying to do is to, um, to make those anxiety somehow uh, implement them into the score. So we play around so much with like heartbeats. We had an e-week player to like 
play around with very interesting and very, um, very like, in, yeah, interesting sounds. And um, the, the whole score was basically just strings and lots of sounds that we just invented to portray her anxiety and her journey throughout the film. So highly recommend it. I, I really like it. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see it. And I recommend all the listeners to watch it. Kali, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming. Pleasure is mine. Thanks so much, Giovanni. That's our show for today. We like to make our episodes roughly the same length, therefore we sometimes edit out some of the guests' favorites. However, extended cuts of the show are available to our Patreon subscribers. Check filmscoringtips.com slash content to find more about this. Thanks for joining us and see you soon.